0: Welcome back everybody. It's been a little while. We are holding in the middle of Parikh Nun Aleph of Tanya on page Ayin Beis, opposite of page 142. And we're on the top of the page. We're ready to start the second part of the Parikh, Vakacha Mamash. But before we do so... Okay. We'll recap a little bit. Sorry? We're going to recap a little bit. We're going to recap a little bit, yeah. <coughs> So Nun Aleph begins with Altar asking a question, what does it mean, HaShras HaShechina? What does it mean that the Shechina, that Hashem is uh, present more in, in certain places more than in other places? What does it mean, Hashem is, in general, what does Hashem's presence mean? Over here, oh, here you have the Shchina. Shchina Shriya, Shechina after all, we know that is that the entire world is filled with Hashem's glory, unless Asar Pani there is no place which is empty of Hashem. So what does it mean, for example, that Nabesa there's more kedusha? What does it mean that a shool is a amakm Kaddish? What does it mean that when a person learns Torah, there's skin there? That was the question that we asked. So after Re says that in order to understand this, we have to first um, examine the relationship between the neshama and the guf. Because, we, um, has, because we were created in Hashem's image, we can look at ourselves, at the dynamics of our neshama and of our guf, and we can have an understanding of the way it is above. So, if we want to understand the relationship between Hashem and the worlds, we do so by understanding the relationship between the neshama and the guf. Just because, just like the neshama gives life to the body, Hashem gives life to all of creation. So when it comes to the relationship between the neshama and the guf, the soul and the body, so on the one hand, the neshama is everywhere. Because the entire body is alive, the entire body is equally alive. At the same time, however, There's something special about the head, there's something special about the brain. And as Dr. Rebbe explains, that is the nerve center. Why is it the nerve center? Because although the neshama itself is what's called pashut, the neshama itself um, is beyond um, what's called in Hebrew, hishalkus. Hischalkus means division, multiplicity. So although the neshama d- um, divides into 613 different parts and then there's a certain part of the nishama that enters every single part of the body, that is only um, a, a, a package of energy that emanates from the nishama. The nishama itself is above and beyond. The nishama itself is not divided into different powers and different components. The nishama itself is one and indivisible and it's equally everywhere in the body. However, From the neshama emerges what's um, as I mentioned a whole uh, whole package a whole suite of different energies and different faculties and different koyches and different powers and that all goes into the head. So all the all the faculties and powers that are present in the body those emerge from the neshama although the neshama again. Is beyond them. The nishama is above and beyond all of these powers. The nishama is one and indivisible. But there's this, all these energies emerge from the nishama And all of the powers and energies of the nishama, which are eventually will filter down into all the different limbs of the body, they enter the brain. And the brain therefore becomes the nerve center of the entire body. And from the brain, every single one of the limbs receives its particular energy and its particular faculty. So the eye receives from the brain. The ability to see it, and the ears receive the ability to hear etc etc so we have over here in the neshama we have three different um, stages we have here in the neshama stage number one is the essence of the neshama and the essence of the neshama again is what we call pashut. it's beyond his chalcus Pashat means it's simple it's not complex it's not sophisticated it doesn't have different components it's abs it's uh, it's absolute unity and that Neshama, the essence of the neshama, is present in the entire body equally, and then there is the package of koiches that enters the brain. So that is the whole, all, the whole. Um, <coughs> Is that Wait. a separate entity from the neshama that you first mentioned? Absolutely, because the neshama itself is above and beyond the Yitzchalkos. It's above and beyond all That's of this stuff. It's not a derivative of the neshama. It derives, but it just emerges from there. It emerges. But the source is from the neshama. The, so- the source of everything is the neshama. Yeah. It's as young yeah. it's unique from it. Yeah. But the gilu of the neshama... The gilui of the neshama and the gilui of all the koichas comes into the brain, but that that's a tremendous uh, package of koiches. And from the brain, every single one of the limbs then receives its uh, its, 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 its uh, faculty. So we have again three stages: the neshama itself. We have this package of koiches that emerges from the neshama and enters the brain, and then we have how every as every single one of the individual koiches um, leaves the brain, emerges, and um, enters. Into its specific limb, which it's uh, which is appropriate for it, you know. So the power of vision enters the eye, and not the not the mouth, etc. So the same thing is when it comes to Hashem. When we say the less asar pani when we say that there is no place which is empty of Hashem, and when we say that the world, and that's talking about the essence of Hashem, the essence which is above and beyond any of the different. Powers or energies that emerge from Hashem. The very essence of Hashem is everywhere equally. And when we say everywhere, we don't only mean everywhere in this world, but throughout the whole Seder Ishtalshlus, throughout all the cosmos, not only the physical cosmos, but also the spiritual cosmos, Hashem is equally everywhere. Why? Because Hashem equally transcends all of creation. And therefore, He's everywhere equally. So that is stage one. In other words, just like the neshama, the essence of the neshama is in the body everywhere equally, the essence of Hashem is also everywhere equally. And let's let's do this inside. Again, top of page I and base, opposite of page 142. V'kacha mamesh al mashal. It's exactly the same by way, of, uh, by way of analogy. Just as we spoke of that... Uh, the, inter- the, the, the relationship between the neshama and the guf, the same way is the relationship of Hashem with the world, with creation. Ein <speaking> baruchu, <Hebrew> the infinite light of Hashem, almen, and then it fills all the worlds, lachyesam, <speaking in Hebrew> and it gives life to everything that is, <speaking> in <Hebrew> and in every single world, yesh beruim lein there are many different worlds, many different um, uh, spiritual realms. In every single world, there are an infinite amount of creations. And And besides for the infinite amount of creations that there are in every single world, there are millions of different levels within every single world. So again, we have, every single world has millions of levels and an infinite amount of creations that inhabit that world. Malachim, v'neshames, v'chulu Every world contains malachim and contains neshamis, etc. V'chein ribi And besides for that, how many worlds are there? There are many, many worlds. Ein There is no limit to the amount of worlds. There are g'voya al gveya chulu One higher than the next. So, you know, our minds can't really wrap... We can't really wrap our minds around this. There are an infinite amount of worlds. In every single world, there are millions of levels within every one of the worlds, and there's an infinite amount of worlds. And within every single one of the world, there are an infinite amount of creations. And the essence of the infinite light of Hashem is absolutely the same in the higher worlds and the lower worlds. Just like we said earlier in the mushal when we spoke about the Neshama, when we said that the Neshama is equally, in every, the essence of the Neshama is equally present in every part of the body, the same thing is the essence of the Ein Saif is equally in all the worlds, the higher worlds and the lower worlds. And as it says in the we say about Hashem that He is Stimu Dichal Stimen. What does that mean? The hidden, the hidden one of all the hidden ones. What does that mean? Pirush meaning Even in the higher hidden worlds, worlds which we have zero understanding or comprehension of because they are so hidden. Hashem is hidden from those worlds also. In other words, the inhabitants of those incredibly high worlds that are so hidden from us. Hashem is hidden from them just like he is hidden from us over here in the lower worlds. Because there is no mind that can grasp Hashem, period. Even in the higher worlds of and it turns out, just like Hashem is over there, he is present over here in the exact same way. And this is a concept that we've talked about in the past, that relative to true infinity, anything that is finite is equally nothing. And anything with, all, all, anything that is finite has zero comprehension in anything that is infinite. Therefore, Hashem is just as hidden from the highest world as He is from the lowest world. Because the infin- infinity of Hashem, the essence of the Ein Soif, is equally hidden from all creations. You've given, sorry? No. We've given examples of this in the past, that if you take a walk around the block, and then there's someone else who walks around the block a hundred times. So which one of you is closer to the end? Nobody. Because there's no end. Because there is no end, exactly. So that's an example... Sir. That's uh, right, and a, know, that's circle, and a circle is an example of infinity because you keep on going, keep on going, there is no end. That's ain't soif. There is no end. So whether you go around once, whether you go around a million times, you're not any closer to the end. So whether you go around once, that's us, we're on the lowest worlds, or whether you've gone around a trillion times in the higher worlds, in other words, you're not, any, you're not getting any closer to Hashem. They're no closer to Hashem, and Hashem isn't present there anymore, then he is present over here, or another example that we've brought also in the past, that one drop of water relative to the entire Pacific Ocean, is there a comparison between them? Can we uh, say that there's what we call in Hebrew an Erech? Can we say that there's, can you draw some line, what? A value. Right. Or to put it this way, relative to the ocean, does a drop of water have any value? No. It would seem that way, but that's not correct. Because what is the ocean? It's finite. What is the ocean? What's con- what does it consist of? What is compo- what? It, it? It's made up of drops of water. It's so fine. if a drop of water is nothing, then the ocean is nothing. Right? It's like if you, someone, like, the, like to Bill Gates, is a dollar, does a dollar mean anything? Nothing. It means nothing? Bill Gates. It can't mean nothing. Because if a dollar, if one dollar is nothing, then 50 billion dollars is also nothing. It's simple math. But what if someone had an infinite amount of money? Again, that's not something we can really uh, relate relate to. But let's say someone had an infinite amount of money. You mean Jeff Bezos? (laughs) Yeah. Someone has a a bank account which never runs out, never runs out. To that person, a dollar is truly meaningless. Definitely is meaningless. That person can take a, a dollar. And throw, fire, and, and throw it into the fire, and you that person can take a billion dollars and throw it into the fire, and one dollar and a billion dollars is the same value to them. And safe. Right. The same thing is also. The higher that you get, in all, the higher you go in all the worlds, it doesn't get you any closer to Hashem. The essence of Hashem is equally everywhere, and is equally hidden everywhere. And there's a similar idea, in Bech we say, regarding a Rebbe, that a Rebbe, a Rebbe in a way, is bleakful, compared to us, regular people who are of limited, uh, limited intelligence, unlimited, uh, limited holiness, unlimited, the Rebbe is relative to us, the Rebbe is bleakful. So there's a famous uh, saying, that Rabbi he was a chassid of the third Lubavitch Rebbe, of the Tamar Sadak. and he was a very, very holy person on, in his own right. And the, the, the Rebbe, the Samach Sadek, would send young, um, young Talmidim, or even newlyweds, to go to Rabbi and they would stay there for a few years to learn by him. He was a very, very holy person. And he once turned to his Talmidim and he said to them, so you think that maybe me and the Rebbe were somewhat on the same, on the same level, so let me tell you that the difference between me and the Rebbe is like, is like me and a cat. And he says, I don't mean to say that as as much distance as there is between me and a cat, that's how much distance there is between me and the Rebbe. No, what I mean to say is, that when the Rebbe looks at me and he looks at a cat, he sees the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Now, obviously, we have to qualify that statement. That, uh, obviously, any tzaddik has an infinite amount of and loves and values every single <laughs> year, and uh, doesn't have that same degree of feeling for a cat it's so there's big, no bigger. question it's a big bico it is but he but, but but he recognized that as the truth he wasn't saying that when the rebbe looked at him and looked at a cat they're both the same importance that's obviously not correct because a tzaddik looks at another yid as the most important thing that there is but he meant to say if you think that you know i'm on a higher level i'm closer i'm closer to the Rebbe. if you understand that the rebbe's is infinity is bleakful, so my level on your level it's pretty much it's all it's all the same it's all the same So when we're talking about holiness, when we're talking about one po- for example, that one place is holier than another, when we talk about the Beis HaMikdash being holier, or Shul being holier, or even when we're talking about the world of Atsilos being holier than this world, we're not in any way saying that the essence of Hashem is more to be found in the Beis HaMikdash, or in Shul or in Atsilos. That's not correct. Because the essence of Hashem is equally everywhere and equally hidden everywhere. No one has any grasp in the essence of Hashem. Just like the essence of the body is beyond any of the individual um, faculties or functions or powers that emerge from it. And the essence of the neshama is equally in the toenail as much as it is in the brain. They're all equally alive. The same thing is the essence of Hashem is equally everywhere and equally hidden Even in the most hidden worlds, Hashem is completely hidden from there. So when we talk about holiness, which is the larger issue that we have, what makes one place or one uh, one area or one action holier than another, we're not talking about the essence of Hashem because the essence of Hashem is everywhere. So what are we talking about? So we're talking about the powers that emerge from Hashem. What makes one place holier than another place is just like again we said, from the neshama emerges all these different faculties and powers, and they enter the brain. The same thing is also from Hashem emerges a very limited form of light, which enters the world in a revealed way. And this is where the differences begin. Not in the essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem is equally everywhere. However, there is a contracted level of light, which contains within it the energy for all the worlds, Tzimtzum, and that it is in that contracted level, how much of that contracted light is present within or revealed within a particular world, a particular realm or particular location, that's where the differences come from. Let's look inside. Sorry? It emanates, it emanates from, from Hashem, correct. So what's the difference between the higher worlds and lower worlds if we just said that Hashem is equally everywhere and equally hidden? So what is the difference between the higher worlds and the lower worlds? This is because of the energy that emerges. There, it comes out from the hiddenness of the Ein comes out revealed energies. And we're going to skip the brackets for one moment. This energy is what gives life to the worlds and to the creations. The creations that are in the world. And then, let's go back to the brackets. This is one of the reasons that the energy that emerges from Hashem and the life force, the vitality that emerges from Hashem is called Oyer. We know in Kabbalah, when we talk about the energy that comes from Hashem, we call it Oyer, call it light, by way of example. Now, obviously, we're not talking about light. We're not talking about physical light. There There is no... Uh, we're talking to something uh, completely spiritual, but why is it called light? Why is the energy called light? Sometimes, in fact, it's called shefa, and it would seem that shefa is a more accurate term. Why? Because what is the word shefa? I mean, the actual translation of the word shefa is, is effluence. It's a somewhat of a not so well known English word. E F F L U E. NCE. Effluence means something which flows from. So we're talking about the energy that comes from Hashem. Why don't we call it Shefa, the energy that flows? Why are we calling it light? Light is something which has very specific properties, which obviously Hashem's energy doesn't have those properties. So why not just call it Shefa, which means that which flows from Hashem? When you say that, you're not ascribing any properties to the energy. You're just saying the flow, the energy that flows. Why are we calling it Oyer? Why does Kabbalah call this energy that comes from Hashem Oyers? Dr. Rebbe says, he, he alludes to this over here, but it's explained elsewhere in the this to explain more at length. That generally, when you talk about Shefa, when you talk about the, something, one thing that flows, something that's uh, effluent, something that flows uh, from one entity to another entity, Shefa implies a certain preoccupation. For example, if you have a Shefa of water, Okay, if water flows, so the water used to be on the higher level, and now the water comes down to the lower level. But it's not only in water. Let's give another example. Let's say you have a teacher and a student. The teacher is trying to explain something to the student. Um, and in Chassidus, when we talk about a teacher and a student, we're talking about a teacher who's on a much higher level than the student. The teacher's mind is much more um, refined than the student's and is much more, has much more capability, sorry, so the teacher is much more intelligent and much more wise and and has much more knowledge. And now the teacher has to explain this to uh, someone on a much lower level than them. So let's say for example, uh, a math teacher is trying to explain a concept of math to uh, third graders. So in order for the teacher to do that, the teacher has to leave the place where they are and go down to the child. We don't mean physically go down to the child but their mind has to right now relate, relate and go down to the level. So at that moment when the teacher is giving over to the child, the teacher is not present in their own place. The teacher is actually, like the water which goes from a higher place to a lower place, the teacher is actually lowering him or herself to the level of the child. And one of the features of shafa is that Every the teacher lo- if a teacher has a classroom and there are twenty five students in the class, so it's not enough for the teacher to lower themselves generally to the level of the class. But the teacher also has to know this is how I have to give it over to this student. And this is uh, how every single student has to be given ha- has to be given individually over to that uh, student. And not only that, if the teacher is teaching fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and seventh grade, there's obviously differences in how they give it over. Light on the other hand is very interesting. When you turn on a light. So the fire automatically gives off light, but the fire isn't preoccupied with giving off light. Unlike a teacher which has to preoccupy itself, and lower, and, uh, which has to preoccupy him or herself and lower themselves down to the level, and not only that, they customize what they're giving to every single person, light doesn't customize itself. So the sun shines every single day, and the sun shines on Disneyland and on the garbage dump, which is right next to Disneyland, equally, the Sun doesn't say, oh, this is Disneyland and there are 50,000 kids running around that they can use some, some good light and some warmth, so let me send some extra rays of light and warmth over here, and the garbage dump, no one cares if it remains in the dark. No, the Sun isn't, why? Because the Sun isn't preoccupied with giving off light. It's, it's, it's almost, you might want to say it's automatic, um, and the same thing is, the reason why in Kabbalah Hashem's energy is called Oyer is because the energy from Hashem emerges from the essence of Hashem but the essence of Hashem doesn't preoccupy itself and that's why all the, worlds receive, um, all the worlds receive equally as we mentioned earlier, because the essence of Hashem remains transcendent. Light emerges from Hashem, energy emerges from Hashem, which is why it's called Oyer, but Hashem Himself doesn't get Involved because Hashem himself, Ani Hashem, li shanisi, Hashem doesn't change. Yes? There's a special or, special like, or Haganus. Who is this or? That's a good question. When Mashiach comes, the Er Right. Maybe as we go further, maybe we'll have a better understanding of that. I, I just want to add to what you said. Uh, I read explain explained to me uh, that the way Mashiach, of, of course, Shepha has to do the flat. So what's the connection? So he said, a does his thing. Automatically, it just slides off to everybody, and everybody is macabre what they have to. But in a very similar way, he's not busy with trying to influence everybody. He does his thing automatically. You know, it goes off. Right. Right. So no. So that's true, which means that. When a person is a, is a, a person yes, who's an yeah. emes of Bal Madriga, so there's, there's both Shafa and Oyer. There is, there is what the light that illuminates automatically, which everyone picks up on, right. but then that person also, when he's speaking to people, he customizes, customizes, customizes yeah. what he's saying to every individual. So it's both correct, yes. So again, once we have this contracted energy that emanates from Hashem, this is where the differences begin the higher worlds the higher worlds they have a somewhat greater revelation than the lower worlds and all the creations that are in the higher worlds every single creation in the higher worlds receives unique specific energy according to its you know, according to what it can bear and what it can take, and according also to its unique constitution and composition. This is, again, very similar to what we're talking before, by the body. Just like every single limb receives energy, but that's not from the essence of the neshama, but a contracted light, which emerges from the essence of the nefesh. And then that um, based uh, according to, the individual needs and capabilities of every single creation. Also, there comes individual, um, individual energy, which the infinite light of Hashem illuminates to that particular creation. And that's the higher worlds. And the lower worlds, even the spiritual lower worlds. We're not talking yet about our physical world, but even the spiritual lower worlds, they do not receive Oyer in such a revealed way. The lower worlds, they receive through garments, which Hashem, He, he, um, he dresses the Oyer, the energy, which comes into the lower worlds, in different garments. So you notice that when it comes to the higher worlds, Dr. Rebbe doesn't mention any garments. So over there, yeah, the oyer has to be minimized and tailored according to the abilities of every single one of the creations in the higher world. However, the oyer becomes minimized and tailored and customized. It's not the essential oyer as it is within Hashem. But there are no levushim, there are no garments. There is nothing covering up. And there's nothing obscuring the fact that this is oyer and energy from Hashem. Once, however, we start getting to the lower worlds, the lower spiritual worlds, over there not only is the light minimized and customized for every single one of the creations, but the light also becomes hidden in garments. It becomes obscured. We don't see so clearly anymore that this is koyech Ki, that this is godly light. So there's two elements, this is something that we've encountered earlier on in Tanya, and one is called tzimtzum and one is called hester. Simtsum means the contraction of the light. Less light, and less light, and less light. But less light, when you have less light, it doesn't mean that it's hidden. Whatever it is, is revealed. You can have more light, and it's revealed as light, and you can have less light, but you look at it ultimately and what do you see? It's light. And then there's Levushim. Not only does the light become less, but now the garment's covering it up to the point that it becomes even difficult to identify it actually as the light from Hashem. So the higher worlds, we have the Tzimtzum. We have the light becoming less, in order for it to be able to enter every single one of the creations on its level. But there are no Levushim. Once you reach the lower worlds, then we have the Levushim. These Levushim, these garments within which the Ein Soif hides the energy, these Levushim become so powerful, these garments, these concealing garments become so powerful, Add to the point, That Hashem was able to create this physical, material world. And Hashem continuously creates it and gives it energy. With energy, with light. With energy, with light. So we also, how do we have, how do we exist? How do how does Hashem create us and how do we have energy? Through this light, which comes down to us, but it is covered and concealed and hidden within these tremendously powerful garments, Hamalima Mastirim, that cover up Ha'irvah Chayus, the, the light and the energy, Add to the point that we have our present reality. What is our present reality? We live in a world where we don't see any but there is obviously, otherwise we wouldn't exist if there wasn't energy from Hashem sustaining us, we wouldn't exist but because the garments which conceal the energy in this world, the garments are so powerful that we don't see any light so again, the higher worlds, there are no garments in the lower, spiritual worlds there are garments which obscure the light but they don't completely cover it up so therefore, the inhabitants and the, the, the creations within the lower spiritual worlds, they don't see Hashem so clearly. It's covered up by garments, but they sense Hashem. Over here in this world, the garments are so powerful that we see nothing. And this is what's called klipa. Is that gashmi? The, yes, the physical, right. That's why you can't see nothing. Right. What do we see? All we see is physical objects. They look, dead. they look dead, you look at a stone, it looks dead. And you don't realize that it's really pulsating with divine energy. Within it, within these physical objects, yes, that's the only Even in this world, the greatest, the greatest, uh, the greatest uh, Hester, the greatest concealment is in doymim, is in physical things, because ultimately you look at a plant, or you look at an animal, when you look at a human being, you see some sort of energy, something. But when you look at a rock, when you look at a mineral, you look at something dead, you see nothing. It looks dead. Ah, however, in truth, Betoikam, within all these things, Yash <laughs> there is light and there is energy. Ha <laughs> which creates them, tamid, constantly is creating them from nothing, to nothingness into something. kishayu. <laughs> So they should not return to be nothing as they were beforehand. This is something which we've discussed on different occasions. We discussed it in Perik, in Perik and it's discussed at length. This idea, these few words are discussed at length in Shari Yichud Vamona, which is the second part of Tanya, which Shemirtz Hashem. When we finish Tanya, we've only, believe it or not, another two chapters left to go. When we finish the first part, we'll be moving on to Shari Yichud Vamuna, the second part of Tanya. And the second part of Tanya is devoted to this idea of understanding the unity of Hashem and perpetual creation. But the basic idea over there is, is that nothing can exist without Hashem constantly bringing it into existence. Just like we just had the Yamtiv of Shvi Shal Pesach, and Shvi Shal Pesach commemorates, commemorates Kriyas Yamsuf, and we know the Kriyas Yamsuf was uh, when we talk about something that was difficult for Hashem Kav Yachol. The Gemara talks about it. There's certain things that are difficult for Hashem, like, uh, like uh, the Saita, the kashal Avgon, that to bring together a man and a woman is kriyas Why is kriyas so difficult? So one of the one of the explanations is, is that how the, when the was split, it wasn't just like you know. So Hashem, for example, let's use the Makkah of kinim. So kinim uh, are all over Mitzrayim. And the Makkah lasted, like called of the Makkahs, for seven days. When did the miracle, how long did the miracle last for? Each Makkah? Each Makkah lasted for seven, seven, for, for, for seven days. And, but I'm not asking how long the Makkah lasted for. I'm asking how long the miracle lasted for. The miracle was an instant. All the, all the kinim, all the lights were created. And once they're created, the lights do what they do. They went and they attacked. So, two days into the Makkah, there is no miracle needed. The lights are there, they're doing their job. Or the Tzfardea. The Tzfardim go and they conquer, they, they, go, they run all over, all over Mitzrayim. The miracle was the moment when all the Tzfardim were created. But Kriya Siamsu, the Torah tells us, was different. It was a miracle, there was a wind that kept on blowing. Now, had that wind stopped for one moment, the water, the water would have collapsed back. So, how long did the miracle last? Longer, as long as it, the right night. the whole night. The whole night, the whole, night. The whole, night. The whole night. And by the way, maybe that's what it means when the Gemara says that uh, it compares shiduchim to kriyas yamsof, because the miracle of a shidduch is not a one moment thing. The whole the whole marriage is a miracle. And The miracle has to keep the the husband and the wife together. If it doesn't get easier after one year, or two years, or ten years. The miracle is uh, just like kriyas yamsof. The wind had to keep the water. The same thing is Hashem's miracle of Azivuk, it has to keep the Shedul going. So the Atar Ebba says the exact same thing as with the creation of the world. Just like you needed that wind to keep the water standing as a wall for the entire night. And once the wind went away, the water collapsed back to its original, to its original nature, which is to flow downwards. The same thing is the creation of the world. In order to keep the world in existence, it's not a one-time miracle that happened 5779 years ago and now the world is just uh is just on autopilot but rather at every single moment you need that energy of hashem to keep the the world going now how, how, how do we know that maybe it was a miracle that happened 5779 years ago how do we know that okay so we have to leave something for shariq so when we get there we'll talk about it and we'll explain that explains and proves that the creation of the world is similar to Kriya Shamsav, which means that there has to be constant energy infused in it. So therefore, that rock, that diamond, which you look at and it looks like there's no energy in it, that's only because of the Levushim, that's only because of the garments, which are obscuring and they're concealing and they're covering up the energy which is within the, within the stone. But the fact is that there's energy in there because otherwise it would return, to, it would revert to, to absolute nothingness. So who before? So who before? Eh? Right. So, that, like, like, I think we spoke about this once. So, if Hashem didn't want something to exist, what would He do? Let's say Hashem decides He doesn't want this watch it's to exist it, anymore. What would He do? Just take away the energy. That's it. Yeah. So even what you're saying is, the you're saying you're, you're making it a sound, you're making it sound like you would have to do something. If Hashem didn't want it to exist, it wouldn't exist. I mean, everything's and Hashem, you say. Just will of God. The, what's keeping this in existence is the fact that at this moment Hashem wants it to exist. Rat's that's why it exists. That's the energy. If Hashem didn't want it to exist, he wouldn't have to do anything. He Wouldn't have to do anything. It just wouldn't exist anymore, automatically. It's like saying, let's say I'm taking a walk. So I'm walking, and let's say I don't want it to, I don't want to walk anymore. What should I do? You don't have to do anything, <laughs> just don't walk. Yeah. In other words, it's not, the same thing, is, if Hashem doesn't want something to exist, He doesn't have to do anything. Abstain. It's automatically, doesn't exist anymore, right? We know also that it says, <laughs> Everything that Hashem creates is for the existing. It's of... the bracha that we're making these days. Right. But, but actually, Rabbi, if, I, if I am walking, I said I don't want to walk, I have to stop walking, no? I'm taking an action of stopping walking. That's a strange way of putting it. You're taking an action of stopping. That's right. I'm taking the action. Stop. That, that's, that's a non-action. That's not an action. <laughs> it is an action. I'm stopping my muscles from moving. Okay. Okay, not not action. Action. okay. you're saying that because there's the certain powers of gravity, so if, if not for that, so you'd continue probably for another step. Okay, but the, the, the point remains regardless. Is, uh, two different, uh, two different Okay, so use a different example. Let's say you're speaking and you decide you don't want to speak anymore. What do you have to do? Do you have to make, do an action of stopping? No. Okay. So Sorry? That's a hard one. It's hard not to speak. Okay. <laughs> Inside, this energy which is within the rock, within everything, the, the physical of this world, from The infinite light of Hashem, rak, only as mentioned, it enters many garments. The light and the energy which is within the physical globe. I'm not talking about we're not talking about uh, animals, we're not talking about the vegetation, the actual physical matter of which this globe is composed which we, we we perceive. So the energy within the globe, de is from the lowest level of Asiya. That's the that's its spirit, the spiritual energy that's in there is Malchus As we know, this is something that we have now during Svir So in general we have the the there's the Seven building blocks with which Hashem created the world, which is Chesed, Gvura, Teferes, Netzachayid, Malchus. But there's the idea called Hiskalulos, which is not his Hishalchus, a different word. Hiskalulos means that everything. What you mean, revelation? No, he's not his galus. hey, soft with a with a chaf, right? Malashin koilo. That includes. So Hiskalulos means that every single midah of Hashem also includes with it, and all the other midahs also. So you have. Within, 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 Khasad, there's Gavurah, and within, uh, within Givura, there's, uh, Yesoid. Partnership. And, uh, what? Partnership. Right. So there's the dominant, there's the dominant sphere, and then there's the one that's, uh, the sub, the sub So... What's interesting is, like, this, so you have the world, you have the four worlds, you have Atsilus, Bria, Yesir, and Asiyah. Now, Asiyah as uh, the name connotes, which is action. Action is physical. And within Asiyah, the lowest level of Asiyah is Malchus. And what is Malchus? Malchus also is already Machshav di Malchus already is the, within, within a human being, so obviously chachmah is, is, is spiritual. Chesed is spiritual. Malchus is actually um, the physical element. But Malchus has it within it also, has within it chachma and has chesed. So there's Malchus de Malchus of Asiya, is the lowest, the lowest element included within the lowest element of the lowest world. That is the oyer, the energy which is within the physical world. Again, within the physical globe, where does that energy derived from? From Malchus de Malchus of Asiya. But, even though Malchus de Malchus de Asiya, might seem to be a very low level, u Within Malchus, the Malchus d'Asiyah, what do we have ultimately? Is the light which comes from Malchus Yitzira, Malchus of the world which is above it. V'chulu, add to the point, she betoich, in, betoich kulan, within all of them, within every single creation in this world, is Yudzfiris d'Atsilos, we have light that ultimately is sourced in the 10 spheres of Atsilos, ham which are one with Hashem, ein soiv baruchu, one with the infinite light of Hashem. Okay, so what do we have over here? So far, we've, so we've seen that there are two different, um, two different planes, or two different levels. You have the essence of Hashem, which is everywhere equally and hidden from everyone equally. And there's no hishalkus in, the in the essence of Hashem. There's no, I'm, you know, uh, the, the different functions or giving to different uh, locations or different levels. I'm, everything is all the same and everything is all nothing. And then you have the energy that comes from Hashem, and it is within this energy that comes from Hashem that every single creation receives the energy which is appropriate for it. So this is very similar to what we spoke, for, spoke before about the neshama. Because the neshama, on the one hand, the essence of the neshama is equally within the entire body. However, there is then that package of energy that emanates from the essence of the nishama, and that's where every single one, every single part of the, of the body receives its unique and specific energy. However, if you remember earlier in the class today, we said that there were three stages in the neshama. There's the essence of the Nishama, and then there is the Gilui, the revelation of the Nishama as it enters the brain, and from the brain it comes down into every single part of the body. Over here, when we spoke about the nimshal, when we spoke the way it is by Hashem, we only talked about the essence of Hashem and the way it comes down into every single creation. We didn't discuss the analog for the brain. What is the brain? We didn't talk about the brain yet. We spoke about the essence and how ultimately it filters down into every single part of the body or into every single creation. But what is the analog for the brain? What is the brain of the world? That area wherein all the energy is compacted and from there every single creation and every single component he receives its energy. That is the essence, right? Like the essence is all over. The so there's again, there's two the three things. Thing. There's the essence. From the essence emerges a package which contains all the energy for everything. Yeah. And that energy and that package enters the brain. And from the brain, Do you mean, where's the essence located? That's a, you on can't on. ask that question about I mean, a spiritual. Uh, yeah, the essence is everywhere. Everywhere. It's everywhere. At the body you're talking about. You have the of it. Yes. And from the essence emerges again. A whole, uh, what's called the Gilui Amshach of all, a package, and in this package is contained the energy for everything that enters the brain, and then from the brain, the hand gets its okay. energy. The it's right. like a d- distribution box, right? right? So, what is the world's distribution box? We have here the essence of Hashem is like the essence of the Neshama, comparable, and then we have how every single um, creation receives its energy, like every single limb. But what is the brain? What is the distribution point, or the, ner- the nerve center, in which all the energy that's in this world enters, and from there, everything gets its uh, its energy. That we'll be learning in Mir Sashem in Peyerq Nun We'll do that in Misham next week in Chapter 52. But... So how do you define Hashroah Sashchim? in the beginning you brought that... We're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there. Yet. Up, the well, building. yeah. This is this is a 3 uh But you not have a. We don't have a definition yet. For no, but we. But next week we will already start having it. Oh, that was way. Yeah, way better than yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, but we're not finished. We're just finished with Tanya, but we're going to do something else oh, a, Yeah. yeah. So, if you don't mind, just taking them and passing out the papers. Yeah. There's also that papers. Yeah. Okay. So 28 years ago tonight, Chafchas Nissen, the 28th of Nissan. So I, rem- I remember the night quite well. So I was uh, actually, so my, my, my personal memory of this night was that I was, I was in a house in Kahnheitz. I was doing some work for someone. And as um, 778, at that time, had the most sophisticated, at least for sure in the Jewish world, the most sophisticated hookup system telephone. By, by telephone, right. I remember when uh, Rabbi Ruderman, the Rosh Hashiva of Ner Yisrael, when he passed away. So I was in Toronto at that time. And I went to uh, the big shul over there where they had broadcast the Levaya and the Hespaden. And um, later I found out that, how did they do that? Through the hookup system at 770. Because that was the only place where that had that capacity to be able to um, broadcast to so many places. I mean today, it's kind of funny. Today the boom still is there with the hookups and it it looks like it's from the 1700s. All the phones. All All the phones, right. And today, you know, one little... uh, one little device that we have where Ramesh is broadcasting. Uh, his, his ability to broadcast this year is more effective than anything they had back then. But at that time, it was state-of-the-art. And it was so. You had all different places around the world whenever the Rebbe would speak. So they would call up. You subscribe, You had a number. You called up. And then you were able to hear what the Rebbe was saying on the phone. And many, like when I was a child growing up in Michigan, so they showed that whole speaker system. They would hook up the phone to the speaker. And and we'd go to Fabregion all the time and listen to... Um, but also, there are certain individual people that pay for membership and they would listen in their house. They would be able to listen on the phone and put the phone on speaker and listen when the Rebbe spoke. So this house where I was had a subscription. And suddenly, it was unusual, it was a Thursday night, Chav Chesnissen. what's Chav Chesnissen? It's not really, not any unique or special day on the calendar. But the Rebbe, st- after a of the Rebbe started speaking, the Rebbe started saying what we call a sicha, the Rebbe started um, talking. So I was there. Um, in this house, and they had the hookup in this house, so I went to listen to the Sikha. Huh? And I, w- I was a young, b- a young bacher at that point, not, not not even older bacher, I'm pretty a younger bacher. And I'm listening, and as it happens sometimes, my mind is wandering away from what the Rebbe is speaking about. Especially for those of you are familiar with the Rebbe speaks, the Rebbe would speak, it, w- it was somewhat in a monotone, the Rebbe wasn't uh a dynamic speaker, with uh you know, speaking in that whatever, whatever spoke was, uh, and a lot of times you, it's easy. It was easy for the mind to wander off. You had to mm-hmm. really focus to um, to pay attention. So I remember, I'm, I remember this. I'm sitting by the table listening to the zikha, whatever, and suddenly, like out of the blue, I hear the Rebbe screaming. Rebbe screaming. And it's speaking in a very, very powerful voice. Very. Agitated, upset. I don't know if the word screaming is correct. Wasn't, I'm not talking about screaming in volume, but the Rebbe speaking in a very Amen. passionate, I don't know the word, A frustrated and agitated voice. I'm like, wow, what just happened over there? And I started listening in, and this was a, this was a night, again, 28 years ago, it was a Thursday night, just like tonight. And um, it, it was a very famous, it really shook up the Chassidim at that time, because the Rebbe spoke very... Um, It was very raw what the Rebbe spoke, filled with emotion, and it was it was disturbing. Well, and, and we have here a copy. This is a this is a, what the Rebbe spoke. This is a, a transcript which the Rebbe edited. And let's let's do this inside. We're going to start from the first column where it says "vav" um, right side. Yeah, the right side. Second, the second paragraph from the top. So the Rebbe says, Based on everything we've spoken earlier on, regarding the emphasis of the Geula specifically during this time, earlier on, the, Sikh, the Rebbe talks about how it's such a, a auspicious time for Mashiach to come. Because it's the month of Nisan, because it's the year Toshnon Aleph, because the day of is such a special day because of Koyach, and because the Svir so the Rebbe went through... As the Rebbe Rebbe would often do, and go through all the different elements that characterize and make this specific time and day unique. And it's all, the Rebbe says, all connected to Mashiach. So based on everything we spoke about, mis'eirerest mi'a achi So based on all this, we have a tremendous tami'a, a tremendous astonishment. How is it? Despite all that we spoke about, we still have not managed to arrange Mamesh. Something which doesn't make any sense. And a further wonder. We have here gathered ten yidin, and many times ten yidin together in you know, an auspicious time for the Gula. Nevertheless, I don't see that people are storming to bring about the coming of Mashiach. and It's not an impossibility. The Mashiach shouldn't come tonight. And the gamma yavi mashiah sal came one tomorrow Mashiach come. Vegam Machrasim Li Yavi Mashiach and two days from now Mashayashun come. Rahman al-Uslam. And then says, Gam kishat Seyikim Admasai. Also when we scream Admasai, Hariza Mabnayat Sivihu. You guys, you're screaming Admasai? Because I'm telling you to. You're doing it Ma'at Sivai because you're commanded to you're instructed to do so. But vio miscavni mumvaksim that sayikim be emas. The Rebbe says, if you guys really, really meant it, you really screamed at Masai, screamed to Hashem, that we don't want Galos anymore, bevade, bevade, there's no doubt that Mashiach would have come already. Ma oid says, what more can I do? Kedei Yisrael, be-emes, that all yin should make a, a, a tumul and scream by follow and do whatever they can, to bring Mashiach bottom line. Actually. The Rebbe says, the bottom line, everything that was done up until this point, didn't help. The proof is, we're still in Golos. And moreover, not only are we in Golos, in the physical Golos, but we're also in a spiritual Golos when it comes to the service of Hashem. When the Rebbe actually said these words, the the Rebbe's words were even more dramatic. the The words the Rebbe used were, that everything that I did until this point was lahaval Wow. That's what the Rebbe said. Because Mashiach isn't here yet. Everything I did. Imagine the Rebbe after 42 years, being 41 years being a Rebbe, and the Rebbe says, I wanted everything I did. it's worthless. Mashiach isn't here yet. What, can, what more can I do? The Rebbe says, The only thing that I can do is I'm giving this over to you. Do everything that you can. This is a little difficult to explain. But uh, to put it in different words, the Rebbe says, I want you to do crazy things but in normal ways. I <laughs> could be crazy, one. in other words, think out of the box, be creative, do things that but 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 be normal, the Rebbe says. In other words, no. it, these are Kabbalistical words. The like, to tell you means a very high level of intensity and passion and creativity. But came the tikun ultimately we live in this world and everything has to be done in a, you know yeah in a way which is uh, which is normal but the rabbis says, do everything that you can lahavi bepochos mashiach it came to bring bottom line actually mashiach take ef umiyad ma mashiach immediately The rabbis says may be has will she save calls save ymatzu asaram you that there will be found ten yin she is akshu we want sich einakshna They will stubbornly insist (laughs) (laughs) that they will be poiled by Hashem. (laughs) Certainly they will be able to be poiled by Hashem, have this effect on Hashem. The Pasuk says (laughs) that the Yidna are stubborn people. And that's L'mal Yusa, that's something which is a positive thing about us, that we're stubborn. Because we're stubborn, Hashem forgives us. Stubborn in a positive way. That the Rebbe says, There should be ten Yidin who stubbornly insist, Take it from me, Mamish. And the Rebbe says, In order to make this happen even quicker through that which I can do, I'm going to give out to everyone to give money to give the tzedakah. The Rebbe afterwards gave out dollars. And greatest tzedakah, as the Gemara says, that it brings about the gula. And the Rebbe repeats. I've, I've done all that I can. From here on, it's in your hands. Do whatever you can. It says the Rebbe, it may Hashem's will. It's in your there will be one year, yid, two years, and three years. They'll come up with ideas. Malas is what to do. the Vekeitzalas is and how to do. Veidvoiker. The main thing she yifalu that they should bring about shatia agula mitzvah shleima bepeil mamish. Take it from Yad Mamish, but umetech simcha v'tuv levar. Now you can imagine how this the impact of this side on, on Chabad Chassidim when the Rebbe said the sicha, and then a few months later the Rebbe had the Rebbe had a stroke. From which the Rebbe didn't recover. And in hindsight, we see that this was the Rebbe's um, parting gift to us. I don't know if it's a gift that we wanted, but it's a gift that we got, in which the Rebbe says, I did what I can, and now it's your turn. And the Rebbe, we know that when the Rebbe, be- when the Rebbe became Rebbe, and the first Fabrangan, when the Rebbe officially accepted the Nasias, the Rebbe, I think we've spoken about this in the past. When the Rebbe laid down laid down the He laid down the goals. The, one, goals. the goals of this generation, he says. This generation, our job is to bring Mashiach, and the Rebbe says we will bring Mashiach. The Rebbe says it's already happening, and after four four decades, after forty years, the Rebbe says at this point, I've done what I can, and now it's up to you. He gave up. It was handing go- over. He didn't give up. No, he he handed the over the baton. baton. Pass the, the baton. What? Sorry. I you put it on somebody else. Used in this year, no, no. How many years later? A few years. So he, said he never recovered from the stroke, right? What's that? Rebbe never spoke after that. Anyways, but this was. Um, he designated anyone? He never designated anyone. Uh, he sure did. He did. That's in this uh, He designated me and you and you and you, you, and, you, and, you <laughs> and you and you. Yeah. And he said, yeah. He, "Yeah, no, he didn't say over here. I'm passing over the job to uh, yeah. to John Doe or to Pliny Ben Pliny." He said it's up to every single one of us. And what the Rebbe says over here is very instructive. The Rebbe says that um, we have to scream Ad Masai, we have to scream for Mashiach, but we can't scream. It's not enough to scream because we're told to scream. It's not enough that we should scream to Hashem and Daven because we're told to. You know, for years and years, for years and years, the Rebbe was, you know, screaming for Mashiach and telling, you know, to, we want Mashiach now and Ad Masai. And the Chassidim, yeah, they would sing "Oh, Mashiach now, and they would scream, Ad Masai. In fact, right after this, for the Sicha, which, by the way, I remember right after the Sicha, I ran to 770, I was... And uh, that whole night, the whole place was just going crazy. Like, what do we do? How do we do? What does the Rebbe want from us? But right after, everyone started screaming, Ad Masai, Ad Masai and they started screaming, Ad Masai, and one of the older Chassidim went by the Rabbit to get a dollar, because the Rebbe was giving out dollars, and the Rabbit told the, 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 the Chassid, he said, Valay paga." What I said had zero impact. Never said. Never <laughs> <laughs> said. Saidly, not at all. I got zero impact. Meaning, that says, I, I want you to get it. I want you to scream for Mashiach. Not because I want you to scream for Mashiach. Not because I'm telling you, know. you. You have to want it. You have to want it. And to want Mashiach means you have to be living in a little of a different world. Living in a higher world. Living in a world where gilelakus matters. Ultimately, what, what's wrong with our lives right now? Okay, yeah, I know. I don't want to minimize the fact that we have tsaras. And there are a lot of sardis and clout you saw, and you know, of course, um, last week, this past Shabbos, there was a terrible tragedy in uh, California with the terrorists, right? And we're in gallos, We're definitely in gallos, And there are people who have issues with shidduchim, and people who have issues with health, and people who have issues with Parnassah. I'm not going to minimize all of this, but at the end of the day, Baruch Hashem, we live in a time, we live in a place, we live in a country where we're lot to, where there's relative prosperity, there's relative security, there's relative peace, and not only begashmius we can daven and we can learn and we can do mitzvahs we can do mitzvahs and we can go to hotels for 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 uh, mm-hmm. for pesach and uh, it's difficult it's difficult to scream at Masai. you know people during the holocaust my grandmother tells me during the holocaust everyone was screaming for mashiach it's easy to scream for mashiach when times are difficult but when times are when times are are, are relatively good at least bagashmi and even beruchnis, but we need to live in a different place. We need to live in a place where our relationship with Hashem is what matters. And Gileo Lucus matters. You know, all these things that we're learning about in Tanya, all these things, this level of air, and that level of air, and the other level of air. And it has to reach a point where this is what we this is what we're aspiring for, this is what we want. And as long as we look at this world, and as Dr. Rebbe, we had just now, we learned in the Patriarch, we look at the world, and we look at Iraq and we say, there is no L'Qus there, that's something which is devastating. We want, we don't belong in Galos. We belong together with Hashem, in Eretz Yisrael, with Hashem revealed, with Gilead Lukos. You know, we We're and were children that have been exiled from our Father's table. We don't belong here. And we have to think about this and contemplate it on a regular basis. And this is a, a call to action for every single one of us. And it continues because Moshiach isn't here yet. So the, nothing changed. And... Uh, Every single one of us over here, we have to figure, can I be one of the ten Yidin? Can I be from that minion of Yidin who will be stubbornly insist Mashiach will come? Can I be one of those one, two, three people who's going to um, figure out what to do and how to do? And the bottom line is, if it's important, we'll take care of it. We'll get it done, and we'll bring Mashiach, and we'll bring an end to this uh, to this nightmare of Govos and welcome Mashiach, and still in Nissan, We have, we have uh, two days left of Nissan. But let's do something about it. So tonight and tomorrow is Let's do tonight and tomorrow. Let's do something special. Do something special with Majiach. Say an extra capital Do an extra mitzvah. Let's have some more obviously Give another, uh, another dollar to Zdakah and let's make it happen. <laughs>